love you and praise you. We thank you for your greatness, for you are greatly to be praised. And you've given us a great salvation. We celebrate your goodness. We exalt you for who you are. And we give you praise and thanks and honor for all that you've done for us. Lord, we love you. We are grateful people. Hallelujah. And Lord, right now, we just want to pray for many of our dear ones that are battling in their body this weekend. There's those in the hospital. There's those that are home, various ailments, various struggles. But Father, you're our physician. You're our healer. And nothing is too hard for you. And Lord, we also pray for those that are here this morning that might be battling in their body. There might be a, a fight of faith for their physical body. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for all of our loved ones that are home this morning, for those that are in the hospital, those that are home, touch them with your healing power. Father, in the name of Jesus, loosen those lungs. Touch that back. Heal that heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let cancers die and never return. Let divine life be imparted and let strength be renewed. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your anointing shatter the yoke. Destroy that heaviness. Destroy. Father, stretch forth your healing hand and grant your people the divine touch that only you can grant. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory forever and forever. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. He's a healing Jesus. He's a healing Jesus. He's a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. Thank you, Lord, for renewing strength. Thank you, Lord, for driving out infirmity. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. Amen. He'll clear up lungs. He'll drive out COVID. He'll strengthen backs that vertebrae aren't what they used to be. But he's able to strengthen. Amen. And he's able just to impart strength. Sometimes get a little weary, but he knows how to renew our strength. Amen? Well, good morning. So good to see everybody in God's house. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. And everyone else, if you would, turn with me, please, to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 12. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 12. A simple message this morning from the teaching of our Lord and we're going to flow with the theme of thanksgiving, seeing that thanksgiving week is upon us. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 12, and if you would, start with verse 13 with me. Start with verse 13. I want to talk about the lessons from a man who forgot God. I should even say it a little different. Lessons from a, a blessed man who forgot God. Because thanksgiving is about remembering and appreciating and expressing our thankfulness. But Jesus is going to give us a story. 
You know, there's some people in the Bible, they're in there so that we can learn not to be like them. This is one of them. Then there's others in the Bible so we can try to imitate their faith. Well, if you would, Luke 12 and verse 13, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus cried, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then Jesus said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them this parable. A ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what am I going to do? I've got no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I'll store up my surplus grain for myself. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. That's God talking now. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Verse 21, Jesus said, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Oh, make sure you're rich towards God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive and help us to live lives of thanksgiving and gratitude for we are richly blessed people in Jesus' name. And everyone said, lessons from the blessed man that forgot God. As believers, our lifestyle should be characterized by gratitude to God, by thanksgiving for who he is and for what he's done and how he's richly blessed us. Our lives should be overflowing with praise and with thanks. Now, the setting of our text is simply this. Jesus is teaching his disciples to fear God alone and to trust God for everything. That's what he's in the middle of a sermon here. When this man interrupts him with a request to settle a family problem. Now rabbis were often asked to do those kind of things. But Jesus knew that no answer that he gave this man would solve the real problem. Which was the covetousness in the hearts of these two brothers. The selfishness of these two men that are going at it. See, their greatest need was to have their heart changed. Their greatest need was to have their priorities, their values, their perspective adjusted and settled. But unfortunately, like many today, these men wanted Jesus to help them, to help them solve their problems, but not change or interrupt their lives. Have you ever met anyone like that? Clean up the mess that I made, but don't tell me how to live, Jesus. Come and help me with that person. But, but don't invade in my space, Jesus. How many know Jesus doesn't work that way? Amen. What's the old saying? He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. So Jesus takes this interruption into a sermon and he uses it for a time of instruction. And he tells a story that is commonly called the parable of the rich fool. Now, for note-takers, the three key verses here that you can think about and meditate on, 15, 20, and 21. 15, 20, and 21. 
with Thanksgiving week upon us, let's learn from this teaching of our Lord. Again, some people in the Bible are there so we can learn from their lives what to do, and others, like this man, it's in the Bible, so we can learn what not to do and what we should avoid with our lives. So let's learn from this man's mistakes. How many know that if you learn from others' mistakes, it, it doesn't cost you nearly as much, amen? And it certainly doesn't hurt as much if you can learn from someone else's mistakes. So let's learn from this man's mistakes so we don't have to suffer his consequences. We're going to develop a lifestyle uh, of attitude and thanksgiving unto God, which should be very part of the fragrance of the child of God. Now, number one, let's notice this man's failure. This man's failure. Notice two things that this man never did and two things that you and I must always do. Number one, he never acknowledged that God was his source. He never acknowledged that God was his source. To acknowledge means to recognize, to confess, to admit. Instead, he looked at himself as, how do we say it in these days, a self-made man. He boasted about my barns and my crops and my talents and my skills. And actually, 12 times in just these few verses, you'll see I and my, mine and I and mine. He failed to acknowledge, like James writes in his epistle, James 1 and 17, that every good and perfect gift is from above. Amen? It's from above. And it comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. Look at that. Every good and perfect gift, it comes from above, folks. It comes down, and that word come down, it constantly comes down. That's how it's written. It flows from the Father. Heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. Folks, we are the recipients. We are so blessed that God gives us good gifts, and they constantly flow regardless of what's going on in society. Our Father takes care of us. Our Heavenly Father knows the lives of His people. He showers His blessing upon us. And it's from a God that never changes. What a great comfort that is. Hey, a lot of things in this world change. People change. and The economy changes. And, you know, the culture changes. Things evaporate. Things get weakened over time. But not the Lord. Not the Lord. He remains good. And his blessings continue to flow. And as he blesses us, he's got a concern about us. God says, I'm so good that I got one concern. That because I'm so good, my people can tend to forget me and get lost in my goodness. In fact, he wrote in Deuteronomy 8 and 17 and 18. The people are getting ready to go into the promised land. And God's blessed them. He said, I'm going to give you such blessing, milk and honey. What did he say? I mean, there's going to be fruit bigger than you are. I mean, it's going to be huge. I mean, it's going to be something else. You're going to sow a little bit. You're going to reap a whole bunch. God says, this promised land is going to blow your mind because I'm going to bless my people. But he says, I got a, I got a concern. After you get so blessed, you see, after there's peace in the home, after that job, you get tenure. Yeah, yeah, not right, yeah. After that thing gets paid, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that you may say to yourself, my wits and my power and my strategy, my, my reading all the gurus of the economy, my hands have produced this wealth for me. Hmm. But God says, I need you to remember this. I need you to underline this in your thinking. Don't ever forget it. But remember, the Lord, your God, 
For it is he who gives you the ability to produce that wealth and, and to make that increase and to get that promotion. And so he confirms his covenant with you, the covenant he swore to your um, forefathers. God says, but remember me when you're blessed. Remember that it's I'm the one that gave you the ability to enjoy that blessing and produce it. God says to his people, when you are blessed, don't forget me. And I do plan on blessing you because I'm a good God and I will confirm my covenant. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And he's a God that desires to bless. He's a God whose heart is moved towards love and compassion towards his people. But the concern, God says, is when you are blessed, don't forget me when you're blessed. When you are blessed and the blessings flow and the waters are calm and the crisis is over and the storm has passed and it's good, it's good. Don't forget the Lord your God. And don't get so lost in the blessing that you forget the blesser. You see, friends, as God's people, we ought to allow the goodness of God to stir our hearts. The good things of God and the blessings of God should just make us want to love him more and serve him better and praise him louder. Because all those things are expressions of a grateful heart. Can you say amen? All those things. Well, I want to love God even more, not less. I'm going to recognize every good thing I have. My Lord, whether it's my family or the meal I'm going to eat this afternoon, it's come because God, someone says, well, I worked hard, but God gave you the strength to work. Someone says, well, I took, God gave you that opportunity to make that advantage. But but I, I studied hard, but God, you could have been a dodo and it hadn't been for the goodness of God. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We tend to take the goodness of the Lord for granted. He says, oh, no, 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 no. But God's goodness ought to stir us and bless us. You see, God was this man's source, but he didn't acknowledge it. The blessing came from God, but he didn't even recognize it. He failed to recognize that his own abilities, his own strategies, his own ingenuities, they were not the source of his abundance, of his increase, of his harvest, but God was. But God was. Some of you are familiar with the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him creatures here below. Praise him all of your heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let us never get to the place in life where we take the blessings of God for granted where we just somehow feel maybe entitled or deserving and become casual or um, forgetful in acknowledging it's by the grace of God. I am what I am, and every good gift I have has come from the hands of my Heavenly Father. Can you say amen? And here's the good thing. When we, when we do acknowledge the Lord, and we should because, again, God is our source, but when we acknowledge God, Many, many blessings flow from the heart of God in response. You know, as a parent, if the blessing flow wants to stop, all they got to do is show ingratitude. You talk about an overnight drought. Isn't that right? But you know, when there's appreciation, that blessing just flows. It's not hard for a parent to want to bless their kid. It's the most natural thing in the world. In fact, most of us got to hold back on blessing them. It's just love. It's just something that's just divine. You can't, you can't, right? It's hard to, hard to articulate the love you have for a child. And, and that blessing flows. What's going to stop it? Ingratitude. But man, as long as they're appreciating it, it begins to increase. 
it'll overflow. It'll get even. You know, the Bible teaches us that when we do acknowledge the Lord as we ought to, many blessings flow in response to us just recognizing and honoring and seeking first the Lord. For when the Father is pleased, the children are rewarded. And as we acknowledge and honor Him, He responds even to that and increases it. For example, most of us know the wonderful scripture from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Here it is. Acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your paths. Notice what it says there. But in all your ways, when you acknowledge me, God says the guiding hand of heaven comes to those that acknowledge me. God says, when you acknowledge me, I promise I'll lead your life and I'll direct your paths and I'll go before you. I'll even cover the backside of you. I'll guide your life in this dark and deceitful and sometimes it's a dangerous world, but I'll hold you by the hand and I'll tell you this is the way. Walk you in it because if you'll seek me first, I'll order your steps and I'll govern your life and I'll lead you. You can avoid so many pitfalls by acknowledging first the Lord. You can avoid so many things you didn't have to go through if you just sought first first the kingdom of God and made God first. He says, if you'll acknowledge me, I'll direct your path. I'll order your steps. I'll make a way even where there seems to be no way. I'll let you go through times that seem dark and heavy, but you won't trip up. The fowler snail won't entangle you. Why? Because you're being led of God because you chose to acknowledge the Lord your God. Can you say amen? I'm just saying, we look at it, God says, if you'll acknowledge me, not only are you doing the proper thing, but the blessing comes from me, but you're allowing greater blessings to flow into your life. The one who acknowledges the Lord, the Bible promises that God will, God will guide us, and God will guard us. Psalm 91, because you acknowledge me, I'll protect you. What a beautiful verse, Psalm 91 and 14. I'll protect you. And that word literally means I'll lift you up and I'll take you to a secure place. If you'll acknowledge me, you don't have to get afraid of what you see in the world. You don't have to be timid. You can be strong and confident in God and know that as you seek the Lord first, as you acknowledge him, he says, I'll lift you up above the things that want to drag you down. I'll elevate your life so the waves from hell cannot crash against your ship. I'll make sure you get to a secure place because I'll hold you in the palm of my hand when I acknowledge God. I have the guidance of God and I have the protection of God. And even after that, the prophet Hosea, he said, if you will press in Israel to acknowledge the Lord, if you'll get serious and really give God first place in your life, then he will grant the showers of divine blessing to fall upon you like showers coming from heaven. God says, if you'll acknowledge me, really seek me and give me first place in your life. I'll release the heavenly showers upon you and I'll bless you in ways you never imagined and I'll do things for you you never dreamed. God is a good God and he says if you'll acknowledge me, things will begin to change. If you'll give me first place, you'll begin to see a transformation take place in your life. Somebody say amen. I'm trying to tell someone this Christian experience is not hard. It's not complicated. The way of the transgressor is hard. Isn't that right? Now, if it's hard, you transgress in somewhere. I'm saying, but if you get things right with God, things flow. 
when that car gets properly aligned, them tires are afraid to flow. It'll flow. You see? And when I acknowledge God, it puts my life in divine alignment. And a lot of these things people struggle for. You don't got to struggle for a majority of the blessings. My boys never struggled for a good meal. Not under my roof. Isn't that right? Never, an easiest thing in the world. Just wake up and help yourself. Never bought it. Never had to supply it. All I had to do is eat it. Isn't that right? Obviously, they're under the Father's house. When you walk with God, there are many things you don't got to stress about anymore. There are a lot of things you don't have to struggle with anymore. There's a divine flow. He says, if you'll acknowledge me, I'll order your steps. I'll direct your paths. You don't always got to be saying, gee, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But if you acknowledge me and seek me first, you watch how I guide your life. You watch how I lead your life. And I'll protect your life. I'll lift you above things. I'll take you over things. I'll shield you from things. And not only that, as you acknowledge me and really seek me first, that touches my heart. That brings pleasure to my heart. And in response, I will shower my goodness and my compassion and my mercy upon your life. Oh, what a God we serve. Somebody say amen. See, this rich fool had much. Now, he was blessed, but he didn't acknowledge the source. He failed to acknowledge. The source of his blessing. He never said, God is my source. He never said, yes, I'm a blessed man, but let me tell you, it's because of the Lord. If it hadn't been for the Lord, but because God's been so good, I'm a blessed man. He failed to acknowledge, and when you fail to acknowledge, the next step is you fail to appreciate. You fail to express gratitude. You don't give thanks. What's taken for granted can't be appreciated. When you take something for granted, you don't express the thankfulness. But those of us that know the Lord, we should be the most thankful, grateful people on the face of the earth. We who have received so much, we've been promised so much more. We count our blessings. We give thanks and praise the Lord for his good and perfect gifts. You know, in fact, the Bible teaches us that the proper way to approach this great God that we serve is with thanksgiving and praise. You know, Psalm 100, 4 and 5, everybody knows that. And there is gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Somebody, his mercy endures. Amen, I like that word. It endures. There's no date on it. It's too old. No, no, no. His mercy endures through every generation, through every battle, through every trial, through every season of your life. His mercy endures forever. And because of that, we give him thanks. We approach this great God with thankful hearts. We never approach it as if we are somehow deserving in ourselves. When we approach a hearts of gratitude, oh, thankful for the blood of Jesus, so honored and so moved that he would even want a wretch like me, but that he chose us and he decided to take us. You know, the Bible teaches us in Psalm 103 that we ought to bless the Lord with all of our soul, with all that is within us, and forget not his benefits. The Bible says, don't forget my benefits. Count them, consider them, and give me praise for them. Think through the various blessings that God has brought into your life. Think about them and meditate on them. Give God praise for them. It's good to remember and reflect. It's good to respond 
to the goodness of God. I want to thank the Lord this morning. And I know many of you can join. I want to thank God. God's been good to me. I'm not ashamed to say God's been good to me. I've been blessed. I mean, I've been blessed. I grew up blessed. I've been blessed. I can't, I mean, I've had a wonderful, I can't, I can't have no excuse. I have been so blessed by the mercy of God. Amen. It's just grace. I mean, uh, I want to thank the Lord this morning for the prayers that he's answered. I want to give God thanks. And I know many of you do too for the privilege of prayer. From kneeling at my bed as a child to leaning over a crib as a father. I thank God for the privilege of prayer. Prayer has brought me through so much. Prayer has brought so much blessing to my life and brought me through so many hard times through the years. I thank God that he's been there to answer my cries. I'm thankful that heaven's line was always open and the Savior's here was always attentive. And I'm thankful that the throne of grace to this feeble, weak human being has always been a source of hope and help and strength as I've walked this walk of faith. Can someone say amen with me? I'm talking about thanking God for the privilege of prayer, thanking God because of the blood of Jesus has made a way we can take every burden, we can take every care. We live in a world, that's why they're drinking, that's why they're drugging, that's why they do crazy things. They don't have a throne of grace that they can flee to. They don't have a heavenly father that they can run to. My heart goes out to the world. Oh my, listen, I'd be bad off too if I didn't know the Lord in this crazy world. Can you say amen to that? I'm saying I want to give God praise for the privilege of prayer because Jesus made a way that I could come and stand before the almighty God and I can cast my cares and express my heart and receive from him grace and strength to go out and fight this good fight of faith. Thank God for the privilege of prayer. Thank God for the wonderful provisions he's brought into our life. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he yours? And I'll tell you, he's been good to me. He's met every need. He's now, oh, you know, we were talking, Brother David and I were talking at the birthday party the other night. We, we, we were talking about in the early days when we just start in this real walk of faith, which newly married and how you want to do what's right and begin to tithe and serve God properly with your finances. And now that test always comes. Amen. That test always comes. But when you prove God, and you choose to obey God. He was saying, oh, the Lord out of nowhere, he got a, I got a check he didn't expect. And we're just talking about, you know what? When you walk with this God, he'll test your faith. But when you respond properly, you see his hand meet every need. You see him come through for you. I want to give God praise this morning. He's been a wonderful provider. I've never lacked bread. My God, the righteous are never forsaken. His seed never begs for bread. He's been good. And I got to tell you something. He's been generous to me. How about you? I want to give God praise. I want to thank the Lord for the privilege of prayer. There is a place that I can take every burden. There's a place I can take every care. Life throws the kitchen sink, but you know what? That's all right. There is a higher place that I can go. I know how to tap in to the counselor of all counselors. I know uh, where I can go and I can unload every burden and every heaviness of life. There is a place where I can draw near to the living God. And he says, I'll draw near to you and I'll give you grace, sufficient grace to fight this good fight of faith. And I thank God for the provisions. He's never caused me 
a lack. He's never allowed me to go without. He's met the needs. He's paid the bills. He's helped me when things were tight. Oh, God's been a good God, and Jesus has been a wonderful shepherd. Can you say amen? I thank God for prayer, and I thank God for the wonderful provisions. I want to thank the Lord this morning about his divine protection. Has anyone ever gone through something, and if it hadn't been for the Lord, you wouldn't be here today? Oh, yeah, I know that. I want to thank God this morning for accidents that were avoided, (laughs) for the enemy's plots that were disrupted, for situations that should have, would have, could have, but if it hadn't been for Jesus stepping in, my Lord, where would we be? Anybody here today, you've gone through something and you said, there's no way I should have walked away from that. It's no way I should have been here to tell the story about that. But you look back and you know it had to been the hand of God. It had to been the angel of the Lord that shielded you. Oh, God, let's give him praise. No, no, we forget these things. We forget these things. Oh, we forget these things. We forget these things. He says, but when you're blessed, my greatest concern is not the enemies that my people will forget me because I'm so good. And they often confuse my patience with my weakness. They take things for granted. Instead of counting those blessings and thinking about those blessings and remembering the privilege of prayer and the wonderful provision and the time and time again a divine protection. And how about the pardons that we've received? Is anyone glad this morning that there's been a pardon? Hallelujah. There's been a pardon. There's been a pardon. Anybody this morning? Can you thank the Lord that because of Calvary, there's been a pardon spoken over our life because of the blood of Jesus. There's been a pardon that's been decreed from heaven over your life and your life and my life. Pardon, forgiveness because of the precious blood of heaven's Lamb. There's been a pardon. There's been a wonderful, wonderful pardon. I'm telling you, better than the governor's pardon, better than a president's pardon. There's been a divine pardon. My sins, which were many, are gone. And the Bible says he remembers them no more. I want to thank the Lord this morning for the forgiveness of sin. I want to thank the Lord this morning that the blood of Jesus has washed me and cleansed me. And God doesn't hold my past against me. Somebody say amen. I want to thank the Lord this morning that my transgressions was, were so great and condemned me and hounded me and accused me. Today they have been thrown as far as the east is from the west. I want to thank the Lord this morning that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the blood. There's been a pardon. There's been a pardon and your sins and my sins and your wicked deeds and my wicked deeds he remembers no more hallelujah I want to give God praise for that because of the blood of Jesus there's been a pardon hallelujah and that wonderful pardon one day bring me to a very real heaven I want to thank the Lord this morning I want to thank God. He's a good God. Amen. Amen. Ah, we got something to shout about. We got something to sing about. 
We've got something to lift up our arms about. We've got something. And we thank the Lord for prayers and provisions and protections. Thank Him for that part. I want to thank God for people. I want to thank God for people. I want to thank God for my family. Thank God for parents and grandparents. For my wife and my children. Some of you are here, you're here today with some of your greatest blessings. Go ahead and take a look and say, God is good. Go ahead, man, you're with that bride. Go ahead and take a good look. Say, God is good. God is good. Amen. That's all right. God is good. That's, we're counting the blessings this morning. God is good. Isn't that right? Some of you, your, your children, those grandbabies are in the other room. Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. Amen. When you think of how far God has brought us and everything he's took us through, and now to look upon the blessings all over our, God is good. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I want to thank God for family. I want to thank God for fathers and mothers in the faith. Thank God for teachers and mentors, people that believed in me, people that prayed for me, people that invested in me, people that took time with me. I want to thank the Lord for people he brought along my path that gave me some extra time, that for some reason took an extra interest in me. Thanks for the mentors that I could call again and again. And they gave me such rich advice. And when I went through things, I'd find out later that they'd been praying for me. I didn't even know it, and I was going through it. I thank God for fathers and mothers in the faith. Hallelujah. Thank God for friends. I thank God for good friends, close friends, trusted friends, friends that you can depend on when things are hard, friends that got your back in time of your need. Oh, I want to thank God for good brothers, sisters he's brought into my life. That when hell hit, I knew I wasn't standing alone. I had my brother and sister to be there and to lift me up and sometimes just to walk with me through it. Look back over those times in emergency rooms and various places where there was always a brother there was always a sister. There was always so-and-so I'm here for you. Oh, I thank God for the family of God. I want to thank God for the family of God. To look around and be thankful. Look around and reflect on how blessed you are. Look around and do some inventory in your own life and say, thank you, Lord. You have been good. Thank you, Lord. Tell them thank you with your lips and with your lives. Tell them thank you. In our story, Jesus teaches about a man who was blessed but forgot to appreciate the blessing, forgot to acknowledge that God was the source of his blessing. And because he didn't acknowledge God, he failed to appreciate God. He forgot those two things. But when you get out of divine alignment, you begin to forget a whole lot of other things too. How many know that? And let me give you quickly four other things that this man forgot because he forgot to acknowledge God. Everything flows from that. If you seek first that kingdom, everything flows. When you give him his proper place, everything flows. Number one, note this man's forgetfulness. Number one, he forgot others. He forgot others. He forgot his neighbors. He's, he's, he's one of these us four no more types. He's self-consumed. I will build. I will, I will, I will, I will. 
He never saw beyond himself. He never saw beyond this world. But how many know one of the reasons that God blesses us is so that we can be a blessing? There's various reasons God blesses his children, but one of the reasons God does bless us is so we can be a blessing, so that he can allow this blessing to flow through us to other people, that we can become channels of the divine blessing. But we see in this story that, that this man forgot others. I'll step back. I'll eat and drink. I'll, I'll. Maybe he thought later on he'd help. Maybe he thought maybe later on I'll find time. Later on I'll get involved. Later on I'll be somebody's answer to prayer. But you know, Jesus taught us, don't store up treasure on earth. Store it up in heaven by investing in others and by blessing others. He said, if you did it to the least of them, you've done it unto me. You see, friend, it's fine to enjoy God's blessings. He gives us blessings to enjoy. That's in the Bible. But don't just enjoy them. Make sure you also employ them and use the blessings of God to touch someone else, to exalt Jesus, to do works in his name. But this man, because he didn't acknowledge God, and once you do not have God in his proper place in your life, everything else starts getting out of alignment. Because he forgot God, he didn't acknowledge God, he didn't appreciate God. But not only that, he forgot about others. He forgot that we are our brother's keeper. And that God expects us not just to live for ourselves, but to bless others along the way. And when we are blessed, to allow that blessing to overflow our lives and administer to somebody else. But he also forgot time. Very interesting in verse 19. He said, hey, I'll just sit back, I'll eat, drink, I'll... Hmm. How foolish to think he controlled tomorrow. How many of you know we can't control tomorrow, do we? I don't control this afternoon. We don't control anything. In fact, you know, James, in James' epistle, he writes something very interesting. James 4 and 14. Note takers, James 4 and 14. And James writes, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? He was writing some Christian businessmen. They were acting like practical atheists. They were Christians, but they were acting like atheists. Because they were going about their business, doing their thing, but never asking God. They were never seeking God first. They were just doing their thing. And so James is dealing with them. And James says, wait a second, you're making all these plans. Have you said, if it be the Lord's will? Have you first came and sought the Lord and said, Lord, what would you want me to do in this situation? Or, Lord, give me your mind for this situation. Or we just do our things and say, God bless it. But Jesus, listen, we don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And that's true, isn't it? What is your life? Wow. What is your life? Question mark. And then James goes on to say, we are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Wow. Isn't that something? This man forgot about time. He just thought, I'd sit back, eat, drink, and be merry. I got all the time in the world. But he didn't realize that wasn't the case for him, was it? And James is similar. You know, it's like you get up in the morning. Man, that fog is horrible. Just give it an hour, hour and a half. It's all gone. Our life is like that. Even you can live 100 years behind eternity. That's just a brief moment, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you can live 90 or 100, but when you put it against the background of eternity, 
James says, we're, we're just a mess. Let's never forget the littleness of time and the greatness of eternity. William Barclay, that great British commentator, writes, it may well be said that the most dangerous word in the English language is tomorrow. Manana, manana. Always tomorrow, always tomorrow. Amen? Uh, get it right tomorrow. I'll serve tomorrow. I'll make get relationship right tomorrow. Tomorrow. How many people are in hell because they said tomorrow? Tomorrow I'll get saved. Tomorrow I'll get serious about God. How many? This man is one of them. This man forgot others. He forgot time. You and I don't control time. We must redeem time. Amen? And use the time you presently have to make sure things are right with you and God. And that you're doing God's will. You know, he forgot. Verse 20. Wow. He forgot he had an appointment with God. Didn't Jesus say that? But God said to him. Verse 20. But God said. The man said, listen. I got it made. I'm going to retire at 55. I got plenty saved up. My IRA. I've got it all. Things are good. I got a house in the mountains. I got a house at the sea. I got things happening. I'm paying $50 a rent. I'm good. Life is good. I got another good 30 years. Grandpa lived 120. Grandma, well, she, you know. You don't know that, do you? The man said, see, we, we have something going on here. Men are saying one thing, but God is saying something else. We better find out what God is saying. It don't matter what Uncle so-and-so said. They don't line up with what God is saying. You with me? It don't matter what Fox News said. You better find out what God's saying. You better find out what God's saying. Verse 19, the man said to himself, I got plenty laid up for many years. Woo! That's what he thought, right? Isn't that true? He's going to meet God within 24 hours. But he's thinking, man, i got years ahead of me. And I, I'm loaded because I've been so smart. And I've invested so well and I've worked so hard. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said, next line, verse 20. But God said, oh, my Lord, have mercy. But God said, he said that kind of thinking is very foolish. Because this very night, we have an appointment. Wow. You got an appointment with God. I got an appointment with God. You don't got to call and see if it's in. No, it's, it's there. I don't get to choose even when. But I got an appointment with God. It would behoove someone. Make sure things are right between you and God. Because someday in this life, if you live to be 110, it's so short compared to eternity. Compared to eternity. Compared to eternity. And there's no redos. How many know there's no redos? Now get back to this. He forgot an appointment with God. One writer put it like this. You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. If you had not settled the issue between you and the Lord, then you're not ready for the next moment. I have an appointed time. You have an appointed time. It's been made. No need to call and confirm anything. We can't avoid it. All we can do is get ready for it and live ready 
in expectation of it. All we can do is get ready for it and then live and expect. The farmer thought, man, this is life. I've got it. But Jesus didn't see things like that, did he? Oh, my. Jesus saw him facing his appointment, and he wasn't ready. And all of his money couldn't delay that appointment or buy back the opportunities that he missed. This man, he forgot others. He forgot time. He forgot he had an appointment. And he also forgot that a man is what he is, not what he has. A man is what he is, not what he has. God's not impressed if you own Trump Towers and then some. God's not impressed if you own all the oil in the Middle East. How many know that doesn't move God at all? He's not not moved by the things we're moved at. You you, you can come in and your suit could be worth more than someone's house. God's not moved by that. Amen? Isn't that right? God's not moved by that. Jesus said, what's the profit of man to gain the whole world but lose his? Man thought he was secure. You know, natural security, natural security can be deceptive, can it? You better have heaven's security. And how much did he leave behind? Every penny, didn't he? He said of Alexander the Great that when he was buried, he said, bury me with my hands open. Though he conquered the world, he couldn't take a speck of dust with him. Conquer the world, couldn't take one handful of sand with him. So we see this man, his failure was he forgot to acknowledge and then appreciate God. And then in his forgetfulness, he forgot about others. He forgot about time. He forgot about his appointment. And then finally in verse 21, we see that this man's riches were fleeting because he wasn't rich towards God. There are riches that will last to the other side. There are riches that will last for eternity. Amen? Look what Jesus says in verse 21. Jesus says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. What do you mean rich towards God? Well, number one, rich in faith. Rich in faith. Rich in the forgiveness that only Jesus can bring. Rich in a righteous standing before God because you put your faith in Christ. Rich in your relationship as a child of God. Riches. The riches of faith. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. That Jesus, though he was rich for our sakes, he became poor on that cross that you and I through his poverty might have the riches of heaven, the riches of faith, the riches of sins forgiven and our names written in the Lamb's book of life. I mean, uh, it's, it's okay It's okay to be rich in the natural, but make sure you're rich in the eternal. Not wrong with the other as long as you have the most important thing. There's nothing wrong with God wants to bless a man. God loves to bless his people. The most important thing, I've got to have rich of a faith, rich of a real salvation, of an eternal and abundant life through Jesus Christ. I, then I want to be rich in good works. You know the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 and 16, where Paul says, listen, he writes, Timothy, you, you tell the rich people in your church. He didn't say get rid of the riches. He says, just make sure along with those riches, they don't mistrust those riches. They keep their hope in God, but also that they're rich in good works. 
that if God has made them rich in the natural, they should use those riches to touch others and bless others. That's 1 Timothy 6 and 16. Then lastly, rich in character. Proverbs 22, a good name is better than great riches. Hallelujah. See, the greatest tragedy here is not so much what the man left behind, but what lay before him in eternity without God. Without God. No one's going to think much once they go. We worry about a lot of things. We're joking around about, you know, where you want to get buried. And I said, I have a choice. I want to go over there back to my seasons. I got to go back where the seasons. I want to be snowed on in the winter. I want to see them leaves in the fall. But in the reality, like you say, once it's over, it's over. No one's going to think about that. Once it's over, we're in the presence of glory. We're not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, you know. Now, I know today, most of you here are serving the Lord faithfully. You're acknowledging and appreciating the Lord. I know that. I know that you're a people that thank God and recognize the grace of God in your lives, and you're thankful for the blessings he's given you. I know that. But it would be irresponsible not to encourage and invite anyone that's here today. Maybe you're listening. And things aren't right between you and God. Well, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what this afternoon brings. If things aren't right between you and Jesus, you need to make them right now and make them right seriously. So in just a little while, we, I don't know if we're going to sing a song or, well, there she comes. She's going to sing. She's working with the kids for the Christmas, for the Christmas deal. We're going to get her in just in time. We're going to sing a final song about being thankful. And I just want to do it as an act of our worship. Now, if you need prayer, we'll pray for you. If you need to make things right with God, don't leave here until you do. But for the rest of us, can we sing this final song and give thanks to God? We're a blessed people. Even now, some of you are sitting by your blessing. I mean, you're sitting there. Think about it. Some are home. Think about that blessing. God's been good. God's been good. And God's got good things in store for us just in time. Amen. And now the rest of us, I want you to think of these three things as we close. For those of you that love the Lord and are thankful and recognize the Lord, three things, okay? Note takers, number one, when you are blessed with much, give generously. When you're blessed with much, here's some rules of thumb. When you're blessed with much, give generously. Be a giver just like your heavenly father, amen? He gave his only begotten son. So when you're blessed with much, give, be a giver. Secondly, when you plan for the future, think terminally. You better think beyond retirement. You better think eternity. When you plan for the future, and it's good to plan for the future, that's Bible, that's being a good steward, that's wisdom. It's good to plan for your future. The Bible teaches us that. But when you plan for the future, you better think beyond 65. You better think eternity. Eternity. Whether you have much or little as far as this world stuff is concerned, friend, hold it loosely. Hold it loosely, but hold on to Jesus firmly. Hold on to your faith firmly in the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're going to open the altars. If you need prayer, you can come. We'll pray with you. If things aren't right and you haven't been acknowledging the Lord, 
time to stop and think about the goodness of God. And just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We didn't deserve it. It's by the grace of God we are who we are, and we stand where we stand. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. We pray our final prayer. As individuals, as families, as a congregation, may we never be a forgetful people, but may we always be a thankful people, expressing gratitude and praise unto God. We pray, Father, we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for the great salvation you've given us through the cross of Calvary. I want to thank you, Lord, for all the storms you brought us through. brought us through so many things, Lord. And it's been your hand. It's been your grace. Because of your mercy, we now stand. We thank you, Lord, for the many, many, many blessings you've poured upon our lives. It's been natural blessings, spiritual blessings, emotional blessings. Thank you to our spouses and our children. Thank you for godly parents. Thank you for men and women that have been like fathers in the faith have prayed for us and encouraged us and mentored us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father, I ask you to receive this song as an expression of our gratitude. And Lord, touch your people that you know need a touch this morning. Some are battling and are weary. Strengthen them. Some have decisions that they have to make. Lord, make things very clear and insightful to them. I pray, Lord, if anyone's here and their heart's not right, you'll deal with them. You'll give them grace to respond, to be real. If anyone needs a touch, oh God, draw near to your people touch them by your power. Father, we love you and praise you. Now receive this song as an expression of our praise and our thanksgiving.